Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 Hoopscast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson here on Tuesday morning as we talk about Nebraska's latest win, a 64-50 victory over the Ryder Bronx, who were in town for the Cornhusker Classic BC. Do I have this correct? Am I am I getting everything right here? Yeah, that was a Cornhusker Classic W. Yeah, I mean, you just don't. You don't apologize for those. You just you no. get them, you appreciate them, you move on to the next one, and that's uh, that's what Nebraska did on Monday night. And so the last time we came to you, they were coming off of a, uh, a I thought a, a pretty nice showing last Monday with their with their win, and then the last couple games against Florida and M and here against Ryder have you know given us probably a chance to espouse a few different things, Brian. It, little bit of a struggle for Nebraska against Ryder on Monday night. They weren't very good offensively. Um, in fact, they made seven shots in the second half. So um, it, it was it was rough on that end. It felt like, what were the turnovers? Let's see. 11 turnovers. It felt like more. We're, yeah, it, it did. It really did. Um, it was very sloppy. Now, the rest were letting them go a little bit. So there was a lot of, it was very handsy game. And uh, Ryder was getting physical, and but man, Ryder was getting their hands on the basketball a lot, and it just felt like there was like four or five possessions in a row where Nebraska didn't really function without um, being in sh- a very stressful situation or just flat out losing the ball. I think they're still trying to figure it out at the point guard spot. Um, Jamarcus Lawrence, um, good looking player. Like when you see the starting five on the court, you're like, man, that looks that looks right but he's growing in that role. It's just different to him and it's going to take time. Um, and so I, I think if there's a, a real blessing for this team, it's the schedule not to knock all these teams, but it, it gives an opportunity for a guy like him to make some mistakes to see, okay, that, that should have went a different way or, and hopefully learn from it by the time you, you, you see some better competition. Yeah. And last night was also the first time that we've seen uh Kese Tominaga and, he had to knock a little rust off. I feel like you could have, you know, if, if there was such a, a gambling prop for it, you could have bet that he was going to shoot the first time he touched that ball on uh, on Monday night. And he, he did hit a couple three-pointers in, in succession, and that got the place a little bit fired up. We got our first Tominaga going down to the far end of the court to, to bounce into the hoop, yeah, uh, which is his, I guess, trademark celebration at this point. It was where my yeah. seats are, he's coming right at me. And it's always amusing to watch the opposing team just sort of like gawking at him. Like, what is this guy doing? And then he bounces <laughs> into the, he bounces into the padding and turns around and trots back to the bench. And you can just sort of see the confusion from the writer players faces, but yeah. for the rest of us, we're kind of used to it. So uh, nice to, nice to see Toman and Naga back. Definitely had some Ross definitely needed to knock it off. Um, and as you said, they're they're sort of working through what they're going to look like, what rotations are going to look like, and uh, you know, trying to figure out the the point guard thing. the The box score is particularly ugly. Um, you know, you look at these numbers, and especially with, with Jamarcus Lawrence, it's tough because you have such fond memories of him with that Iowa game last year, BC, where he just sort of took over in key moments in that game, and then you're watching him play Ryder, and he's zero for five, no points. He's got a couple assists. It's not like he's not contributing, but it's just uh, a little odd just seeing it. it. He fell off all game and he looked off all game. 
Yeah, he was 0 for 5. Um, he was plus, they were plus 18 when he was on the court, which he had the best plus minus. So, I mean, there were some good things, but um, played 24 minutes, almost 25. Uh, let's see, they, they charged him with just, uh, just one turnover. Um, so that, I mean, that statistically not bad there, but yeah, he, he, we are very used to him. Um, as that guy, um, at the end of last year, who hit like four threes a game, you were kind of counting on that, uh, down the stretch run, uh, he'd have about 12 points and they were kind of all timely shots. And so, um, he's probably recalibrating his, his game a little bit right now. Um, he's a very good defender though, and that, that shouldn't be lost. And that probably contributes to that plus minus. And it's why they're going to need him on the floor a lot. Uh, he takes a lot of pride in that. And we'll get to that part, I'm sure. But, I mean, that was the positive from this game. It's that Nebraska, um, you know, where a couple years ago, they would have been in trouble in a game like this. It would have been one of those games It's like 64 to 62. Someone, you know, has a shot at the end. Maybe Nebraska wins. Maybe they don't the way the Huskers played offensively. But because they were so sound on the uh, defensive end of the court, um, ends up being kind of a comfortable win by the end of it. Yeah, it you know sitting there, I never felt like Nebraska was going to lose that game. It just felt like you weren't going to see you know the Monday the last week version of yeah. them where they're just flowing, running down the court, everything they're shooting is going in. Like it, they had to work a lot more for it. But you can certainly see that they have the ability to play ugly. Um, the hard part is when that offense is just not clicking, it just looks really bad to watch. I mean, you have five guys standing around the key. Um, you know, the, the Seinfeld chucking reference comes up in the, in the audience. Everyone's pointing out the chuckers, uh, because there's just nothing falling. I mean, they're just, they're shooting wild threes or you have Alec trying to take the ball in from the top of the key into the, into the paint while dribbling it, which doesn't seem like a recipe for success. Like they're just this is either everybody's doing too much or not enough. And it just sort of looks pretty bad when those shots aren't falling at times. Yeah, it does. And that going back to the second game, which happened after our first podcast, yeah. um, they, obviously they won handily against a bad team, but that was another tough offensive game in a lot of ways. And in the first half um, they're, you know, they're driving the ball, in and getting stuck you know without being able to kick it out and then the second half they're making an extra pass when they didn't need to make an extra pass so they i think they're still sort of figuring that out a little bit sometimes there's been opportunities for guys almost right at the rim to make a play and then they they try to make that that one more pass and it ends up just throwing the rhythm off and or they turn it over or something like that so there's been a little too much of that probably the last two games out and um you know I, I did think this was going to be a tricky game against Ryder in a way. I didn't think, you know, it would be a single digit game or anything, but uh, Ryder had actually out rebounded Marquette, even though they got smoked by him and they're the pick to win their league. Like they've got like um, three guys, I think who are fifth year players and two guys who are fourth year and it's a very veteran team. So you kind of knew they were going to come in and not be intimidated and they were going to fight and it would be more of your, 10 to 15 point game I thought going in. So I wasn't surprised in that way. Um, that said though, the offense has to get crisper and the beauty is you've got, um, you know, you got Stony Brook on Wednesday, you got Oregon state Saturday. There's a chance to try to get in a little bit of a rhythm here. You're going to be covering that game Saturday for us. 
um, you know, this is a big week. Like if, if they can figure a couple things out on offense and you wake up Sunday morning, five and oh, you'll, you'll take that and you'll just try to keep growing. Yeah. I, some of it too. I just thought Ryder came out right away. Just a lot of, a lot of effort. Like you could tell that they were, they were coming into Lincoln and they wanted to leave with a win. Like this wasn't just a yeah. show up and get your shots in kind of game. Like they, they came in and came out swinging. They had a lot of energy from their bench um, right off the bat. And it, I wouldn't say Nebraska came out flat, but it just like, it didn't feel like they were prepared to kind of match uh, where Ryder was at the, at the beginning of that game. And it, again, it's, it's weird because we you talk in these tones and you you would think like that meant that Ryder was out in front by like twelve points. No, it, it was never that kind of game. But it just never felt like Nebraska, at least early on, um, was in there just sort of swinging. Like and so I I thought that a lot of credit goes to Ryder for that. Just the the way they started the game and kind of got Nebraska on their heels right away, and then um, they had to scramble a little bit. I I have a couple. Um, couple rotation questions for you uh do you should we save those should we go to a, a quick time out here and then come back with a little bit of that or uh what are you thinking here we can, we can take a time out as a, other teams on a 9-0 run maybe maybe yeah. get a timeout. see if <laughs> see if our veteran leadership can respond to it yeah it, it's really bad on this podcast the other team always gets out on a run and then we gotta take a quick <laughs> stop here to to catch up so we're gonna do that we'll be back here in a little bit Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, BC. I was getting texts last night. People want to know where Eli Rice was when Nebraska was kind of struggling to score, giving his uh, big performance that he had against Florida A&M last week. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting. He only played three minutes, 17 seconds. Um, he hit his one shot. Um, Fred Hoiberg has said this is going to be the tricky part. It's kind of a good, tough thing to have for a coach but you're gonna have to get basically 11 or 12 guys down to your eight or nine you know at some point in the season um i may be a little surprised eli didn't play more but you know that part of that was just the way the game went and um they were locking him up defensively i think he's still growing on that end of the floor you didn't want to play with fire too much when it's a game that turns into a 47 46 contest with 10 and a half minutes left and so I wonder if that was part of it. We didn't ask specifically about it, so I don't want to speak out of turn and say something that isn't right on on why his minutes were down. But that would be my best guess is like he's he's a young player who's still figuring it out a little on the defensive end. This was kind of a grinder game and maybe it just the way the score played out. You know, even though Nebraska won by 14, they sort of had to have that. Tominaga hit the two threes to get yep. it to seven. 
But then it wasn't like they just popped it out to like 15. It was sort of a slow and steady. They kept getting stops. It got up to 10, up to 12. And so it was one of those games where maybe you didn't feel completely safe until like the under four timeout or whatever. And at that point, you know, guys are just taking up the garbage minute. So that's a good question, though. It'll be something to watch against Stony Brook. I would guess that's a game they can open it up a little bit more and hopefully you can get some more clock. Do you, do you feel like we have a good, obviously, Joan Gary is going to come back. We don't know when, if Blaze Cato will be able to help this year. But do you feel like we have a good indication that uh, the the eight guys that Nebraska went heavy with minutes-wise, I mean, you had the most uh, with Alec from 30 down to the least Coleman of those eight with 18. Do you feel like those, you know, the, the eight guys who played the most minutes last night, do you think that's probably what we're going to see moving forward once – you're able to incorporate Jawan Gary making that nine. Like is, is yeah. that sort of the, you think that's kind of the set top two units, if you will. feels like a pretty safe guess. I mean, you're talking about a lot of experienced guys in that group. So Eli is, is the guy who, you know, maybe he is going to pop up at some point. There's going to be an injury or something, and he's going to be important in January. But um, for the time being, um, we have to remember he's a first year freshman. He's going to grow a lot behind the scenes with these guys, but, you know, maybe maybe he does fall back a little bit on the rotation because Wiltshire um, is someone in particular. I think everyone is always kind of like, oh, maybe he gets knocked down a little bit. Um, he was their best guy in the first half. He was kind of what kept them afloat. Um, he had 11 of his 13 points, hit all three of his three pointers. And uh, he started the season pretty strong, really. Um, I, I know the competition hasn't been great, but for what it is, he's looked confident on the offensive end. And I think he's avoided some of those plays in traffic that have really hindered him previously in his career where he gets, you know, into trouble and dribbles off his leg or something has three or four turnovers. He hasn't had those type of games yet. Um, so he's been, he's been encouraging. And then Sam, you just know is dependable. Sam's going to, you know, get his hand on the basketball and do some pretty good stuff for you whenever he pops out there. So it's hard to not have him. And then Jerron Coleman gives you another option at point guard and he's a veteran and all that stuff. So that's where it is. It's hard to imagine someone sort of knocking any of those guys off their platform to me. You know, we'll see though. Yeah. It's, it's a good point you raised about wheelchair. The other thing about him, I mean, he's been in there getting rebounds. I feel like it's more noticeable than we've seen. I, I feel like the group that they've assembled, Brian, um, and again, I was at two of the three games. I don't know, maybe it was different with Florida AM. But the group that they've assembled, they have a lot more willing kind of like dirty work guys, if you will, like guys that are, you know, Bryce Williams, you notice, was getting there grabbing rebounds. Of course, Alec is in there getting there grabbing rebounds. I feel like that's somewhat infectious. So you have Wilcher, who at times it felt like last year was not the best at boxing out or, or getting in there and preventing teams from getting offensive rebounds and continuing possessions. Uh, it was nice to see him. I think I, I think he had five rebounds, maybe six uh, in the contest. And so that's it's good to see. I, I like seeing, you know, those are sometimes that's all you can sort of control. If you have an off night shooting, whatever it is, but you got to be able to put value out there on the court. And I I noticed that out of Wiltshire. Uh, one thing I'm I'm curious for you with having been to all three games. And if you think this is more of a sign of just, you know, what what happens early in in november basketball or if you think this is the sort of thing that nebraska can sustain i don't know if you've noticed this brian they're shooting a hell of a lot of free throws yeah like they've shot nearly 100 free throws or you know probably like 90 free throws 
in three games so far. Like it's it's a large amount, and I don't know how sustainable that is to their offensive effort. Uh, but it's obviously the more you can get to the line, and they're shooting them at a pretty decent clip so far this year. The more points you can sort of add uh, while you're trying to figure out the run of your offense. Yeah, they were 17 of 22 from the line last night. So that's pretty good. And um, the thing I like is the big guys go up there and you, you're confident Rink can make them, you know, and he's going to get to the line. And he was he was four of five. Alec was four of six. Bryce Williams was four of five. So um, there isn't that one guy so far who's gone up there and you're like, no chance. Like if he gets one out of two, thank your lucky star sort of like deal. They have that kind of guy like it. You know, they're, they're definitely better shooters than others, but there hasn't, I haven't noticed anyone whose form is so bad. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to see that guy in, in, you know, late yeah. situations. Yeah. That was a key to the game last night really was in the first half. I think they had at least two one-on-ones where they made both. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you're talking about a four point swing that you, you and I know there's been teams in the past that that's a, that's a zero trip on both go back two years. Yeah. So let's take those off the board. It was a nine point game at halftime, you know, kind of a tight deal. Um, That's that's why this would have been a game in past years is like they, they wouldn't have been quite as good defensively and they wouldn't have been as good at the line and they would have missed some of those one-on-ones and it would have been, um, you know, three or four point game at half. And then you get a little nervous about it and who knows what can happen if you get in a, the final six minutes and it's close. So that that's encouraging so far. I don't want to, let's not go overboard yet. Let's see how they, they hit them as they go forward, but it does seem like everybody's got a pretty good stroke up there and it's good to see the big guys feel confident doing it. Well, and just the volume is what stands out. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't recall Nebraska's previous teams under Hoiberg shooting this many free throws other than maybe I feel like, um, Oh, uh, Alonzo is Verge, right? Like Alonzo Verge. I, yeah. I was blanking on the name and then it popped in. And then I was like, is this even right? I'm just going with it. Alonzo Verge I, Jr. He got to the line. Bryce got to the line. But, you know, I don't I don't recall them having a lot of 20 attempt days and to have two of them right away at the beginning of the year and then one in the 30s. Like, that's pretty remarkable uh, for, for Nebraska. Uh, you know, because conference play will get here and they'll get to the line six times, probably. Like that's how that that seemed to to go for them. So it's that's that's definitely stood out for me. Uh, another thing I want to I want to try to to get to here. We haven't really had much of an opportunity to talk a lot about him. He didn't play the first week of or the first two games of the season. Um, what in your mind, Brian, is like a realistic expectation for Casey Tomanaga? Like it's. I think it's hard to to try to rein it in, but what do you what do you think it actually looks like beyond just the really really hot month of February that was uh, K State's twenty twenty three so far? Um, I think the the best thing about K State this year could be actually the part we're not going to talk about as much, and I think he's improved a lot on the defensive end, and that that allows him to you're not worth thinking like okay yes he's fun and a score on this end but he's a liability on the other end I, I think he's worked hard to become that overall solid player I'm not saying he's like a lockdown defender or anything but he 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 played well on that end of the court even when his shot wasn't falling and that's something that Hoiberg pointed out in the post game 
everybody did that really well last night because it's hard to do when you you know you're one of nine at some point on your stat line and it, it's easy to fall off and lose concentration on the other end so he didn't do that um i'm not worried about the shot at all that's captain obvious stuff even though even though he started one of ten i didn't think like oh this is i mean they were they were online it was just one of those deals where you just had to they were all open looks like that's part of it to me is like when he is going to be on i mean they could blow a team out pretty quickly if they're getting that open of looks i thought it was actually sort of the perfect game because it didn't just happen easy right away for him and there was a build-up but then he hit those two big shots that sort of the team needed that were a catapult so that you actually i don't know if you could have drawn it up any better as far as getting a guy here, here's how to knock the rust off. We're going to make it a one point game. And then you're going to hit two from the corner. One that's kind of behind the backboard as Hoiberg said, which is the funny, it's the fun part of Casey is he's that guy who, yeah, I've missed five or six, but high degree of difficulty, bring it on and, um, and knocks it down. And you kind of knew then Jamarcus Lawrence wisely fed him. Then the next possession, it's like, get him another, and uh, you knew that was going down. So that that was that was good. Um, I I think it's going to be a fun show. I do with him. I, I I really think he's going to heat up and he's going to have some nights where we're just like having a ball, like watching him, you know, score 31 points in some non-conference games. We'll see if he can carry it over into the conference play. The thing that'll be interesting, though, if we're going to look at the other side of it is he was so good last year playing off Derek Walker. Yep. And getting those like easy buckets, he had such a high field goal percentage on two pointers, and he he moves great without the ball. And people don't give him enough credit for that. And he's going to continue to do that, I'm sure. But he does have to develop that connection and the other guys with him on how they play off of one another. And that's what I would say is sort of still you can tell is kind of waffling a little bit in the first week or so. You know, when you watch him on offense, it's like there's not quite that. Uh, dialed in thought of like, oh, this is what this guy does here. And and sometimes you can tell with where the passes go. Yeah, I am really excited to watch he and Rink Mass sort of go to work in that that two-man game. Mm-hmm. Because if if you overcommit to Casey, you just and Rink can just step back and you're giving him a straight on three-pointer, like he can make those shots and he can he can roll to the rim. You can, you know, he's he's more agile um and more physical than i i thought he was going to be and so i'm i'm really curious what that looks like when they can put it together and then you can sort of also work in um alec to a degree i think he could play a, a decent two man game uh where you can lob it into him um if they they overcommit to the threes and we saw that last night where when when all the attention is drawn out to that three point line you got a guy like Casey who's willing to to make that pass goes up for the three fires in the pass right for the dunk to to Alec. Yeah. Like they can work off of their ability to shoot and the general fear that Casey and you assume Mast and, and Bryce Williams and those guys can put into other defenses. Like there's I there's gonna be set up for some really nice passing, uh, which gets me really excited. You want to talk about the the part of basketball that's kind of dorky, but I, I just love it. Like I love good cross court passes. Do you like a good I bounce love, pass? Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I hate the power dribble, love the bounce pass. You know, that's, that's where, that's where I'm at with it. Did but. you like, uh, did you, were you too young or did you like, uh, Jason Williams when he was with the oh, Kings? Yeah. You like that when, show? 
when he went to, to Rand High School with, with Randy Moss. And oh, of had, course, you had to like him. I, yeah, yeah, you know, like I, I'm well aware of Jason Williams. So there's there's no doubt about that. Yeah, no, everybody. What is it? White chocolate? That was Jason yeah. Williams? Yeah, that was yeah. him. But I I like good passing. What can I say? You know? Yeah. So I, I'm excited to see how that offense builds off of each other. And then you have, you know, I think Bryce Williams, C.J. Wilcher. Like, you have these other complementary pieces that can knock down these big shots. And so you can't just overcommit to, to, to case. And I think that's going to be the fun part. Like when this works, it could look really pretty. Like they could really mm-hmm. set this up and kind of be a dizzying array of ball movement to open guys that are going to have a lot of confidence that they're going to get a look that they like and that they can knock down. And if they start knocking those down uh, you know, it's going to allow Nebraska to have some, some really interesting runs. Now the flip side of that is what we saw on Monday night. Like, you don't knock those down. You are setting up those easy looks. You just have to kind of shoot your way out of it. Like that's going to be the mm-hmm. tough part for the for the fans, I think, too. Like it's not going to be, oh, we've missed all these threes. Now we're just going to try to jump, you know, dump it in for easy baskets in the middle. No, they're just going to keep trying to shoot. Like I, that's, I think they're going to live by the three, die by the three. I just think that's what this team is. It's ultimately going to be most nights. Yeah, they were two of fourteen uh, from three in the second half. But you're right on the, the there's going to be some late finds that are going to be fun, like where a guy's in the middle of his jump shot. Then it's like, you know, rifled in like the one to Alec. And I, they've had like five or six of those already yeah. this year. Um, so so that's a that's an encouraging part. And also Rink um, Rink's going to be just a fun player this this season because he's so like he's just going to be dependable. I feel like I mean, it wasn't like he played an extraordinary game last night no. he didn't yeah i don't i wouldn't say it was even he would probably say it wasn't a good game for him and he had 12 and 13 you know so when you can't take for granted when you've got that sort of space carver guy like him who just finds his way to the ball he's kind of a tougher i think he's kind of one of those um offensive players that's a little awkward for defenders to guard sometimes and he he's able to get some space and get some easy buckets at times so um he's had two back-to-back you know, double doubles that are very easy, even when he hasn't been at his best all the time. So that, that, that says something. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on Bryce Williams so far through three games? I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about rink mast and, and Alec and, you know, is I, I think in some ways for Nebraska to, to exceed the success they had last year, they have to find another kind of uh, group of three that they had in, in, uh, Grisell and Walker and, and Tominaga, and we know for sure Tominaga and Mast. Do you think that Bryce Williams can be that sort of third person, third key person? Or if it's not him, who do you think it could be? I thought he'd, um, and he still might be, I thought he'd be more of a scorer than yeah. he has been so far. He's a struggle on Monday for sure. Yeah. He's one of six, um, seven points. He had eight rebounds. So, so that's the part where you, you know, you got to look at the whole box with him because he's one of those. You know, just a guy with length, six eight guy who you can use on the perimeter to guard, and he's part of the reason why the other team's going on a scoring drought and has only fifty points by the end of the night. So whatever wasn't happening on the offensive end, he's he's going to make up for it um, by being a nuisance with just his size and his versatility on the defensive end. That said, I, I'm kind of hoping the offensive game comes along a little bit more because. Um, He's he's been described by Hoiberg as like a three level scorer, a guy who can sort of do it in all different ways. 
And so far, the ball just hasn't gone on the, the hole probably as consistently as he would want it. So eh, we'll see if, you know, sometimes early on, um, you know, you, you've seen that with guys, the first five or six games out of the gate aren't great, and then they start to find something. So maybe you will on that end, but that's the part I'm still kind of looking for. Yeah, we haven't talked a lot about what Hoiberg sort of said after the game, what were just kind of his initial thoughts and and sort of just his outlook on the week ahead with these two other games here. Um, he, I mean, he just said that the defense has to be that calling card standard where it's like, okay, there's going to be nights when um, you're not efficient on offense, when it's a little sloppy, but that's always got to be there to level things off for you. So I think he was really proud of how they played on that uh, side of the floor. And he just said what everybody thought and was obvious that the offense didn't look really in sync. It just wasn't that good. Um, and a quick, uh, you know, scan of the numbers shows it it was a day where they shot 33 percent by the end of the game so um and i felt like they were not strong with the basketball sometimes so you know the, as we said earlier there was 11 turnovers but it sometimes seemed like more to me i was surprised it was actually that low and they had turnover problems in the second game so that's something i think they've they've got to get figured out um, I think he's kind of excited that this is a busy week. You know, he said it's great for players. They love those weeks where it's like game, 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 and you only have like one practice and you sort of just do a lot of mental prep. So um, they have sort of an off day on Tuesday, like not like they're it's more of a mental day. And then, you know, Stony Brook comes in Wednesday and um, it's, it's sort of a good um, early test of like how quickly you can come back from a game and respond. So we'll see. Stony Brook, um, they're not they're not great. Um, they got whooped by Decane the other day. Um, they did play St. John's too. I think it was a 16 point game or something like that. I don't actually know how good St. John's is. is. There's a lot of buzz because of Patino. I don't know if they're that good, but um, the, they have it, CJ's brother. I can tell you that. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be. So this should be a game. I think Nebraska, you're, you're hoping they can open it up a little bit more and look crisper on offense. Cause I, th I think the level's going to be a little bit down from Ryder who I do think was a solid team. I think they're, I think Ryder could be one of those teams. It's always kind of fun when you get to March. You're like, Oh, Nebraska played them, you know, like back then they might be one of those teams. We'll see. Yeah. I, uh, I, I think it worked out really well. It's a good test that they had early in the week. Um, you know, I think the physicality of that game is, is good. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what Oregon State is, but I think it's good to, to be in that sort of a matchup at least once before you're taking on a fellow, you know, power conference basketball team like they will on Saturday. And we'll see sort of what Wednesday looks like as well. Yeah. All right, Brian. Uh, you, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and you can you can fire off some hard hitting questions after that one Saturday. <laughs> yeah. You should come will, hard. Uh, you should come hard in the paint with some stuff. Certainly, uh, certainly need to based on what we're hearing from our football questions. So maybe, maybe I'll treat basketball as the training ground for asking hard questions. <laughs> Guys are soft. Yeah. 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 You should, That'll you should fun. really get into the rotation questions pretty, pretty, pretty big time with him. That'd be great. I'm just going to have Hoiberg <laughs> staring at him like, uh, what the hell is this? Who the hell are you? That'll be, that'll be good. No, that'll be a cool environment. Is that your first time going there? Yeah, I've not been to uh, I've not been to the Pentagon uh, either that one or the one in DC. Okay, so I, I'm excited. I'm going in this order, by the way. I'd rather I'd rather go to this <laughs> Pentagon first. I don't have as much interest in the other one, but 
Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Sioux Falls is always fun too. I'm curious what the crowd is going to look like. I had friends that went when they played Oklahoma State. I heard that that environment was really fun. Um, I'm not expecting as many. Sounds like they still got plenty of tickets left. Uh, so if you're looking for a weekend trip, you know Sioux Falls, you can head up there to that. Uh, I'm curious what that crowd is going to look like, what the environment kind of looks like, and if it's basically just 95 percent Nebraska fans. What's the tip time for that? I I, I believe it's a 3 p.m. tip. Okay. And Nebraska football but, plays at uh, yeah. 6.30. People have time. They can go oh, there, yeah. find, a, find a sports bar. They'll be all right. Yeah, it'll be it'll be good. You could probably find me wandering around downtown Sioux Falls after, you know, finishing up coverage of the basketball game, trying to figure out somewhere to watch football. So that's a bonus for everybody as well. Anything, uh, anything you want to add here before we depart? I got nothing more to say. Uh, we'll have a lot more to talk about next week, I think. So these, the, yeah, the Oregon State game will give us something to. Uh, I, yeah. I need to get my peacock fired up here. To uh, should have phrased it differently, but uh, <laughs> yeah, phrasing is a problem for our our <laughs> team. But yes, continue. I have to get peacock going here, and uh, so I can watch that one. All right, uh, for Brian Christopherson and his uh, fired up peacock, I am Mike Schaefer. Oh. <laughs> Husker 24-7. You're listening to Husker 24-7. Hoopscast.